Navy veteran Chris Eccleston is the president and founder of Delmarva Veteran Builders, a fresh, gritty commercial construction firm igniting potential and doing epic things as he brings the veteran attitude to local construction projects. Coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. As a member-owned not-for-profit, Navy Federal puts members at the heart of every single thing that they do. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Find out more at NavyFederal.org. All right, talking with Navy veteran Chris Eccleston from Delmarva Veteran Builders. Chris, welcome to the show. Uh, got some great things to talk about, what's going on in the construction industry and uh, what good good things veterans are doing there. Before we do all that, take us back to us what you did in the Navy. Well, yeah, thanks for having me, Joe. I appreciate it. Yeah, so I was um, in the Navy from 2000 to 2006. I was a nuke machinist mate, and I was on board the USS Theodore Roosevelt. During that time, we deployed uh, three different times, one for enduring freedom and two for Iraqi freedom. Awesome. Launched yeah. some tomahawks. Uh, I, well, I worked down in the reactor room. I was uh, uh, on RM div, so not um, worked on the, uh, I think it was two plant. I was on two plant, and so we would st- stand a lot of watch down there and work my way up through uh, all the different uh, – reactor division watches and, um, and then also got both of my warfare pins and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was a cool time to be in, um, in the service and, uh, got to see a a lot of ocean and then also, uh, um, a lot of different, uh, port calls on the second and third deployment. Our first one we deployed like, like a week after nine 11. So we were out to sea for quite some time. Yeah. Awesome. Well, good story. So, did your transition out of the Navy come quickly? Uh, were you expecting it? You know, what was your preparation level at that? Yeah, I think the first and second deployment, just because our rotation um, deployment rotation was so condensed, I, I just kind of saw, saw that this was a pretty hard life and that I was going to get out. I wanted to, you know, definitely have a wife and kids. And I saw, I, I just kind of knew that this was something that I'd, wasn't meant out for me. I, I thought I wanted to stay in and be a career guy, but I decided to change. So I got, I knew I was going to get out. I was just going to do my six years and then I would get out. So I had decided that I was going to go to college and actually my last deployment, I had gotten a calculus for dummies book because I had been out of school, high school for six years and had to get prepped for all these uh, tests and everything. So I was actually out, uh, out to see on, uh, on my time off, uh, teaching myself calculus so I could pass the the calc test when I got back to to college. But um, I, you know, I decided I was going to go to school. I went to Old Old Dominion for a year. I was going to. Uh, I tell people I was going to go to civil engineering, and I remember sitting with the uh, the counselor, and and they said, "That's great. You're going to have to take four years of calculus to get through the civil engineering." And I was like, oh man, well, how about something that doesn't take that? And I said, well, how about construction management? And um, the reason construction was just so interesting to me was it was so tangible. You were part of a team and you could really kind of see the results. 
I mean, the reactor is really cool and exciting, but once you turn it on, it just stays on and then you just make sure nothing happens. So <laughs> it, it was kind of the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So I needed to, I need tangibility and, and something with structure. So that's how I ended up in the construction, but I, I, I had a hard time finding a job. I ended up being a, a trash man um, while I was in uh, in uh, college. So really? I could not I could not find a job. I mean, I remember pl- applying, you know, any anywhere. I just kind of needed some work to supplement my income um, while I was in college because um, then I had the GI Bill, but I didn't, they didn't have the post nine eleven GI Bill yet. So mm. I still had to pay rent, eat, grow, yeah. you know, I had to pay, I had all that, that I had to pay for. So I had to get a job while I was going to college. Um, so I ended up, uh, being a trash guy and that's what I did. I, were, I would go into houses and then clean out like all the drywall scraps and the wood scraps and all the trash and everything, and then take it to the dump and I could try and get one or two loads. You know, I'd structure my days, half days. So you don't meet a lot of people in college smelling like the dump and, um, you know, being uh, five or six years older than everybody else, but <laughs> it is all good. I wouldn't change it uh, for the world. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, do you end up finishing school? I did. Yeah. I, I got my degree. Um, I, I got my degree in three years. I actually changed colleges from old dominion to the university of Maryland, Eastern shore. I ended up getting a job as a, as a construction laborer at a local construction company and then working my way up in the project management. Um, I did that all in about three years. And, um, and then I started, I worked at that company for four or five years. And then um, about 10 years ago, I started my own business. And uh, the reason Delmarva veteran builders and for the listeners out there, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, that Delmarva, it's a peninsula about two hours East of Washington, DC. Uh, it was a, a testament to the the veteran attitude. I thought that we could bring that kind of attitude and mentality to the local construction workforce. And we would kind of elevate or make it a little bit more professional than the the competition. And then we would just have a, a lot of success really fast. And, and that's what we did. We were really, really successful. We took off, you know, we had the hockey stick curve and it, it was just a lot of fun. So um, but it, I wanted to really kind of hone in on veteran employment, not only like permanent employment, but tr- kind of transitional because at that time, this would have been 2012, 13, when I started, I started business 13, the wars were winding down. Veteran employment was really, unemployment was really, really high. So, um, the, the timing was, was right for that. And so it was in the national news all the time. Uh, but I just knew that that mentality, that type of workforce, and then really just the construction industry and the, you know, the military have, have a lot of nice parallels, teamwork, clear goal in mind, clear deliverables, all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a nice parallel. Absolutely. Service isn't just what Navy Federal Credit Union does. It's who they are. That's why Navy Federal created tools to help you earn and save more. Make your financial goals a reality with great rates and low fees. Navy Federal Credit Union likes to reward their members for using their credit cards. And you can earn up to 1.75% cash back on all purchases with the cash rewards card when you sign up for direct deposit. When you use the Navy Federal mobile app, 
You can redeem your rewards as soon as you earn them. Plus, rewards never expire. Learn more at NavyFederal.org, insured by NCUA. Open to the armed forces, the DOD, veterans, and their families. Credit card value claim based on 2022 internal average APR assigned to members compared to advertised industry APR average, published on creditcards.com. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone. I'm Sergeant Major of the Army retired Dan Daly. And I'm Lieutenant General retired Leslie C. Smith. And we're the hosts of Army Matters. We bring you stories from the battlefields to the barracks to the boardrooms. We have stories of bravery. I don't think there's a guy that got out of that vehicle without a purple heart. Of leadership. And they're the four pillars that the military taught me, which I use every day in my business world. Stories of family. To me, an army of anything is very strong. And I wanted both of my daughters to have that within them. Stories of how I kept Dan Daly out of trouble for all those years in the Pentagon. Maybe we shouldn't tell those stories. Come on, man. What I do know is that you could follow or subscribe to Army Matters in your podcast app right now. Brought to you by the Association of the United States Army. All right, back talking with uh, Navy Veteran Chris Eccleston from Del Marva Veteran Builders in Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. So, Chris, uh, successful transition out of the Navy, made it through school, doing muck work, making ends meet, got into a construction company, worked there five years. You had a you break out on your own, starting your own construction company. Where'd the entrepreneurship bug come from? Man, I think it's just something kind of that's always been there in me. I think the, it was just kind of something I always wanted to do. I've always had this drive to, to do things better and make things better than they are. And I think the, the Navy especially gave me the, the focus and the discipline to, to, to do that. And then I'll tell you too. I mean, I, working for the company I worked for, the guy that uh, ran the show over there. I mean, he was a mentor, and he. I remember him telling me one time, he's like, "You want to be a leader? Go be a leader." So <laughs> I think it's just kind of, you know, it's, it's something that was kind of always there for me, and then it's just having really, I guess, courage or the belief to go and actually jump in the pool, if you will, yeah. um, and believe that you can actually swim in it. I think that's the biggest hurdle for a lot of people. I know it was for me, but. It's just something that just became, it just became so deep for me. Like I knew if I'd never tried it, I just, I would always regret it. And so I just had to do it. Yeah. I mean, I guess you did have an advantage. You're working in the industry that you're going to go out on your own and start your own company as opposed to I'm here and I'm going to go do something totally different. But what was like, do you remember that proverbial light bulb coming on or you know, how did you know when it was time or how'd you make that transition? So, um, I think what happened to me was, is I, I had done the construction management process for me slowed down. I mean, you hear people talk about it in sports a lot. The game slowed down for them. For me, the way you build a building, the process that you go through, it slowed down. Right. So I kind of recognize that within, within reason, by and large, pretty much anything you're built is going to move through a process line, A to a to Z or whatever, and the steps are going to be the same. So once I kind of recognized that, it just become it, it became very, very, very simple to me, and um, and so that that was just kind of the moment that I said, okay, man, I I, I can I can do this because I can kind of see it bigger and better and more clearer than than really what it was before. Before yeah. it was all very transactional, 
But once I kind of moved beyond the transaction and kind of saw it as a process, I was like, okay, well, then I can just, I can teach people and I can repeat this over and over and over again. And that's kind of, I thought was, was the time to, to move for it. So it wasn't like you finally mastered it and you were bored with it. You said, I finally mastered it. So that, that means I think I can go out and do this on my own. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I had, I had a lot of success at the company I was working with. I mean, I was delivering projects on time. We were making money. Um, it, it, it was just, it became kind of repetitious for me. And I said, okay, well, I, I have the confidence now that I know that I can do this. I'm doing it for other people. I can certainly probably try and do it for myself. Yeah. So, and was it, yeah. you know, put in your two weeks notice and two weeks later, you I, were... I actually, I have a kind of an interesting story. I, I remember going and having a conversation with them and, uh, I asked to be a partner at the company and it, it didn't work out. So then I just remember going home. I, we had just settled on our house and she was pregnant. And I remember going home thinking, I'm quitting. I'm probably, <laughs> I'm probably getting fired or I'm going to quit. And, uh, uh, this is going to be my office and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of what had happened. We, um, we, we actually have a good relationship now with that company, but, um, we formed a, a, a group and, and went to work and, and they kind of helped, uh, help me prosper along the way. So, I guess I probably waited in as opposed to jump, jump right in. So yeah, yeah. it was, it was good, uh, good experience. And then what were some of your initial surprises, uh, jumping on the entrepreneurial side about, um, maybe I'm not in the construction business anymore. I'm in the accounting business or. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think that was something that was really kind of eye opening to me was, I remember sitting in meetings with insurance uh, brokers and companies and they would ask me all these questions. And I just, I just remember looking at them one time and saying, look, you know, I, I, the reason I hired you is to, for you to tell me what I need to do. You, you, you need to protect me. I, I got to be smart enough to sniff out what it is, but there's a reason I'm, I'm hiring you. Same with HR. I remember, you know, they would ask all questions about when we were writing our handbook and, all that kind of stuff. And I, I don't didn't necessarily have the patience for it or the discipline to kind of sit through there because I'm, you know, we're so worried about uh, revenue and chasing the next deal and, and, and trying to grow the, um, the top line. Um, so I just remember every, and I get it because you pay the bills and, and you're the, you're the president or the CEO or whatever title you want to call it, the owner. But all the questions you're supposed to be the expert on everything right away. And it's, and I just thought that was kind of eye opening to me. Like, I don't, I know I don't know these things. I'm good at building buildings. I'm not good at HR or accounting or all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I I tried to just put people around me pretty quickly that would, um, that were smarter than me in, in those, uh, in those scenarios. And, and, and that was, and then I would go focus on bringing revenue and, and building the building, the production side of the house. So. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of like one of Robert Kiyosaki's books where he's just like a students work for C students and <laughs> B, B students work for the government. It, yeah. like, he has an interesting idea. Like basically it's figured like kids that went through school, getting C's and struggling end up, can end up running companies and they do really well at it because they know they know where their weak 
weaknesses are. And so they put A students all around him to do those things. It's a similar, you know, like an analogy or parallel where you know you have no interest in those things or you know you have no skills in those things. You don't want to go there, but you have the awareness to put people who do into those positions. It allows you to be more of an owner as opposed to, you know, being the operator in the business all the time. Well, I think the first few years I was definitely doing both. I was the operator and the owner. And I think, um, probably that year five. You almost have to be in the beginning. Like, I mean, there's no one else there and you're, you're, you're just in the beginning, but yeah, at some point, like if you, if you know, in the back of your head, like I'm eventually I'm going to have to turn this over to somebody, but some people never want to give that stuff up. Yeah. Well, and, and that's fine. And, 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 uh, you know, on small business ownership is great. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not that person. I'm always looking to scale and try and, uh, look to keep growing and getting better. I mean, and that's one thing I recognize about myself was, you know, we kind of hit a a plateau a a couple of years ago and, and that, and so I recognize a revenue platform. So we had a decision to make we had to expand geographically or we could start adding more services or different businesses. So that's what we did. We went out and created a couple of other businesses around us. So that's how we're increasing our revenue now because we all have kids and families and didn't really want to start traveling. But I think um, one of the things that we had to do because of that too, is we had to really get hardcore about our, our leadership team myself mainly is, I had to start reading. I had to start taking classes. I had to get coaching. I had to, I recognized that I was kind of holding the businesses back. And so I had to really start growing myself again and have that growth mindset because that's how we're going to keep growing and all that kind of stuff. And then put people around me or not necessarily in the business, but kind of on the periphery around me that are, you know, already ahead in certain regard that I can kind of look up to or get mentorship from or challenge yeah. me, all that kind of stuff. So Dude, I think that was, a, give yeah, yourself a thing. pat on the back, man. I don't know how <laughs> many times I've seen it where it's like the, the owner is the one holding the business back and they won't, they don't see it or they won't admit it. And yeah. And you knew it. You, and, and then you, you turn to and, and, and figured out how to improve yourself to make it happen. So bravo, man. Cause I, I, I currently know people who work for people where the owner is the one holding the business back and it's very frustrating for the employees and everybody sees it, but they, yeah. but, but the owner, the founder, they, they, they won't go there. They, there's no yeah. way you could ever tell them, you know? And yeah. And I think that probably you have to kind of reconnect to, uh, to um, why you started to begin with most of the time. I mean, we all want to make money and we all want to have all the other um, benefits of small business ownership. Right. I'm not going to say I don't want those things either, but I think when, when you get down to the root cause, you really wanted to go serve somebody either you wanted to solve a problem, which is also serving uh, somebody. So if you can reconnect to that, uh, original thought process. I mean, and that was kind of really the thing. Um, cause it's not fun to look in the mirror and say, okay, I got to do better or I got to bring somebody else in that has an entirely different skill set or anything like that and say that, you know, this is the reason why we got to do it because of me. I mean, that's not fun, but 
I also recognize the people that are on the team that I'm working around. It's not fair to them. Like it's not fair to them and their families. And if we want to keep that talent here, uh, then that's what's going to have to get done to to keep going. So I think yeah. that's, uh, that's important. So yeah. great, great leadership lesson there, man. Good on you, dude. Cause Holy cow. Yeah. There's, <laughs> I mean, there was a, I think somebody wrote a book about like, quit being the smartest guy in the room. It, what, no, I haven't read that one. Yeah. yeah, what they're saying is, if you're the smartest one in the room, then you're never improving. Like you want to be the dumbest guy in the room, and everybody else to be better than you. It's the same when you're running a business. It, a lot of people won't hire people that they know that are smarter than them or better than them because they're afraid it's going to make them look bad. Yeah. When the reality is, they're working so. for you, so you, they're going to make you look good. That's right. So, yeah. You know, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's a self confidence sure. thing or whatever, but time and time again ask anybody in the consulting business oh i'm sure oh, yeah. Yeah. These, yeah these are the i've dabbled in that a little bit i mean maybe it, uh when i kind of retire that'll be my next jet uh venture is helping small businesses you know kind of grow and and do all the things so you know i really enjoy that i, I spent a lot a fair amount of time i did a lot during covid i had a lot of people reaching out to to me um and that's when i was like because you know, you always, you always heard, you're like, Oh, some of these businesses and industries are having the best day or best year ever. And I'm like, okay, well, if I'm getting phone calls that I don't normally get and they're asking questions about, Hey, Chris, what would you do in this situation? That, you know, that means that there aren't, there are businesses out here struggling. And, uh, so that's kind of what we did. I had like this, I called it coffee with Chris. I had, uh, we met outside, um, and we would sit kind of just in around, you had 15, 20 people show up usually. And they were pretty small businesses and we would just talk about stuff that they're dealing with right now. We're really kind of a venting session more or less. So yeah. it's pretty cool. Kind of mastermind uh, Yeah, uh, kind unstructured of. Unstructured yeah, mastermind. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's yeah. how they start off, you know, that's awesome. So, um, so where, where's your business at now? So we're, uh, um, you mean from like a revenue perspective or like, yeah, mission accomplishment size wise, however you yeah, want to play so we're, we're, we're about a $30 million construction company. We have about 20 folks that work uh, with us a couple of years ago, we started a trash business. So we have, um, two trucks now. I think we have like, um, uh, I don't know, 40, 50, uh, containers and we do construction and demolition hauling for the industry and that's been growing. Uh, we Go, had going back the, to that muck job you had in college, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's why I got back into it. It was important to me because uh, I started out in trash. So, and actually uh, for a year we had bought a, um, a residential route. So we had, I don't know, two, 300 customers in the residential. We actually just sold it a couple months ago because it was, it, it was just a way more active business than we wanted to be in. Um, I'm looking, have been looking at prefab type stuff, like kind of blending manufacturing and construction together as kind of the next business venture for us. And then most recently we, uh, we wrote a book. Um, so Jenny, our creative developer here, we wrote a book, the construction industry is facing a, a 650,000 worker shortage. So we wanted to write a, uh, a children's book that would make the trades heroic and magical and fun. And this has been kind of like a, a pet project. Um, Jenny and I have started traveling a little bit with it and we meet contractors all over the country now. So 
it's been kind of fun. Yeah. That's awesome. So talk a little bit about your book. We were talking before the interview, you guys have done really well on book sales so far. Yeah, we've sold almost uh, 7,000 books. Um, we're <laughs> on our third print run. The book's called Grit Leads to Greatness. You can go to gritleadstogreatness.com or you can find us on Amazon. And we've been partnering up with these trade associations kind of all over the country. October is Careers in Construction Month. And and we've been having, we did an event in, in March earlier this year when the book launched in March. And we had about 50 companies um, locally buy uh, a classroom set of books. And we went into like five schools in two days. We were in front of uh, about 1,500 kids. And you know, the construction industry is uh, kind of a tough, you know, blue collar. We have a lot of perceptions that are out there and, and stereotypes. But one of the things that I saw, and this was really kind of a test for us, is to see how the kids would respond to it and how the educators would respond to it. But one of the things that blew my mind was how the contractors, the men and women of the trades reacted to it like this, you know, beaming this, you know, they were just so empowered. They, I mean, the pride in the job and like it, what it does for their community and, and, and their roles mattered and everything. I mean, I had never seen anything like it and yeah, it was incredibly moving. And, when I saw that, I was like, man, you know, we have to get more, more men and women in the industry to see this. This is, this is unbelievable. And, um, and so that's kind of been the mission now that we've been uh, working on. And, um, yeah, so, and I, I forgot to say that, you know, veteran on the move podcast, um, our company has always had a goal of about 50%, um, veteran guard or reserve workforce. We did win the secretary of defense freedom award. Back in awesome. like 2016 or 2017, yeah. uh, uh, COVID workforce has put uh, a hiccup into everything as most business owners are dealing with. Sure. I think right now we're about 35, 40%, but we've always maintained, um, tried to keep a veteran uh, employment high uh, as part of our company and, and as something I'm really, really proud of. Well, that's awesome. Well, um, so Chris, we're getting towards the end of our time. So how do we, how do we find you if uh, someone wants to reach out to you via either construction or to chat? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Christopher Eccleston, or, um, you you can go to gritleadstogreatness.com. That's on my, uh, that'll have my email address or my phone number. And then my construction company is Delmarva Veteran Builders. You can go there and check it out. And, and that's got my email address and I'd be happy to, to talk to anybody, you know, to, to commiserate about small business or, you know, any type of opportunities out there in the small business world. I love entrepreneurs. I think we need more of them in the world. People that love solving problems and have grit and tenacity. Or I just love being around. That's so. awesome. Good doing great things. Well, hey, I'll give you the last word. Uh, if you're talking to somebody getting out of the military, looking to get in entrepreneurship, start their own business, run their own show, what kind of advice comes to mind? I'd say go for it. I mean, if that's something that you want to do and you've had a thought about doing, just go for it. Believe in yourself. Know that there's other people out there that believe in you too. And don't ever be afraid to ask somebody for help. I was in a meeting two days ago at a corporate HR kind of leadership training thing. And this woman had just relocated from Colorado and 
you could just tell instantly that she was on a whole different level. She was um, uh, in a just just totally awesome. So I went up to her after the meeting. And I gave her a card and I said, "Hey, would you would you ever mind having lunch with me just so I can pick your brain and you can maybe mentor me?" And she was floored that I would even ask and and uh, so open to the idea. So I think if you just go out there and ask people want to help you in my experience. Absolutely. So, so don't be afraid to ask for help, ask people for help. They want to help you. They want to see you be successful. So. Absolutely. Remember, ask for mentorship, ask for help, ask for advice. Don't ask for money. Don't ask for a job. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's, right. That's right. We've talked about this several times. If, if you ask for advice, you get money. If you ask for money, you get advice. <laughs> so, <laughs> so make sure you're asking for mentorship, pick your brain, advice, and help. Um, and then the rest will follow after that. For sure. <laughs> awesome. All right, Chris. Well, thanks for a great interview, man. Uh, good to see you doing awesome things out there. Check out the book and uh, look forward to seeing your future success. All right. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate you having me, man. Thanks. You bet. All right. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike. <laughs>